0: Hundred and six miles to Chicago. We got a full tank of gas, half a pack of cigarettes. It's dark, and we're wearing sunglasses. Hit it. Hello, America. Welcome once again, friends and neighbors, to the Gig Podcast. Once again, I am your host, Elliot Lawrence. I am a bass player from Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, currently living in Long Beach. And I am so happy to be here with you today. And also with my old school partner in crime, my good friend, my long-time collaborator, the Bucky Barnes to my Steve Rogers, the Dinah Girl to my Electro Woman, the Pete Nice to my MC Search. Ladies and gentlemen, this is Dominic White.
1: Hakuna Matata, everyone, it which, means. as we all know, means peace
0: unto all. And no worries don't right. you worry about a thing so how you doing Kina dominic matata. what's been going i on?
1: am uh, i'm doing okay as as you know all things considered i'm i'm thriving i'm still alive uh, looking at all the smoke outside right now oh, yeah. it's kind of casting a yellow hue on my room yesterday it was quite yellow
0: definitely a hazy shade of late summer out there. Uh
1: well, yeah, I mean. <laughs> yeah, it's 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 like it's sunlight filtered through smoke. Yeah. And and cloud basically. So it's a good, this really it's almost like a venus e yellow, like a sickly kind of a yellow. Yeah, it's it's and, a
0: sickly, I think that's the good word to describe it frankly. It's just it's not a good yeah. look out there.
1: It's not a good no. look. No. Stay so, inside if you can. <laughs> Oh god, yes. Stay inside definitely. Uh bad air quality. Uh yeah, I've I've been sleeping with my my window closed. I I'm lucky enough that uh when um the whole covid thing hit, I kind of went all OCD and I got a an air purifier. So, I have one of those in my room and I'm just like running that thing all the time. Good plan. Very, very and, good plan. Uh, so, just, you know, trying to stay alive and <laughs> um <laughs> And trying to release my music, I released um, a piano tune called Dream of Me, and I have one on the way entitled Orange. So look out for Dream of Me, which is out, and my song Orange, which will be out soon. Now, is Orange inspired by the uh, current state of the sky? No, but yes, now that you brought it up. It's uh it's actually just a reference to Mr. Orange from Reservoir Dogs. Oh,
0: that's right. I feel like I, I remember you saying something about working on a tune regarding <laughs> yeah, that. Yeah,
1: I I I love that movie back in the day. It's still pretty good. Um it's okay. It's really
0: racist like wow. <laughs> Funny you should say that. I um made a meme a couple of months ago. You you've seen the change my mind memes, right? Where somebody Uh, will say something like – It's like Steve – what's that guy's name? Uh, Wasn't it?
1: Jobs? Steven something. The the guy who's crossing his arms and sitting at the table.
0: Right. It's that guy. And it'll have something on the – it'll have some some controversial opinion like uh, uh, chihuahuas are nothing but dog piranhas. Change my mind. (laughs) They are, you know. Anyway, so I made one a couple of weeks ago that said something along the lines of uh, um, Quentin Tarantino only makes movies to give himself an excuse to use the N-word. Change my Basi- mind. Basically, yeah. yeah,
1: there's like a scene where they're all in the car and it's like, wow, he, they're just going for it right
0: now. No, oh, yeah. I mean, if... Uh, they, uh, yeah. I mean, if the... Uh, uh, Warning to all the listeners, uh, coarse language alert right here. I mean, if uh, the dead nigger storage uh scene in um, in uh, uh, Pulp Fiction isn't a dead giveaway, that like this is a guy that just wants to you know get away, honestly speaking, that's what it is. He just wants, hey, I got to say it, I got to say it, I win.
1: It's so realistic.
0: Yeah. Yeah, it's gritty. That's how people talk. Who says that? Nobody says that. Come on. You ain't, you ain't it's like, that's nobody. how your friends talk, probably. it's <laughs> not how my friends talk. Honestly, that's uh. definitely not how my friends talk, particularly my black friends. I've never heard a black person use the phrase dead nigger storage, and I'm pretty sure I never would.
1: When when uh, the curtains close, my southern accent comes out. It's <laughs> I have to suppress it, but behind closed doors, it, it's like a caged
0: animal just wants to run wild, run wild. Huh? <laughs> how do you yeah. wild? How do you spell that? It's in the W A H L D, right? Uh,
1: yes, yes, sir. I'm just kidding i I can do a, a decent southern accent
0: i I should be able to because my father is from South Carolina, and like my whole father's side of the family is like just about as uh southern fried as you can be like everybody has an accent like but I've never been able to um approximate one or do anything that even sounds like I'm anywhere near the Mason Dixon line i am as northern uh, as it can po- as you can possibly be standard northern east coast um now i do have like there's this weird thing that happens when i get back home to my hometown of pittsburgh which um i don't know if y- you got no way of knowing this but pittsburgh has a really distinctive and really unique uh regional accent uh commonly known as pittsburghese um that is pretty distinctive and when i get home like it never happens here in uh california but when i get home like all of a sudden i'm um, it's like like you can totally tell like that that's where L- like you're it. like
1: madonna when she got back from london
0: it's <laughs> like oh good day seth <laughs> exactly exactly it's like how did she get it you're from michigan quit fronting <laughs> random fun fact um about madonna and Prince and Michael Jackson. They were all born the same year um all on states that border a great lake. Lake Minnetonka? No, 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 that's not a great lake. Um I excuse sir, it is a fine lake. It's a fine lake. It's a cool lake. It's 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 definitely good for for purifying one'self in. It's just that it's it's a good lake. It's just not a great lake
1: not defined by uh the the great lakes what is
0: it superior huron uh michigan no michigan is there a lake michigan yeah is it Mm -hmm. lake michigan lake superior lake huron lake erie and the other one that last one there are five right sure (laughs) <laughs> I can't believe I'm uh, going to have to do this. I have this. a wealth of information in front of me but Actually, I Actually no, hold on. Hold on. I got I got I I I'll do you one better. Alexa, name all 5 Great Lakes.
2: Got it. got it. I already got see. Lake Superior, Lake Huron, Lake Michigan, Lake Erie, and Lake Ontario.
0: Ontario. You were right. Ontario. Uh, lake, well, Michigan. that's not an American lake. That doesn't even count. That's... That sounds like one of them surrendery lakes. <laughs> yeah. That's not a real lake. Um, (laughs) this is America. We only, we only recognize American lakes here.
1: We only like lakes that pick fights with other lakes. Exactly. (laughs) Um,
0: well, since we're sort of leaning in that direction, I'm going to just go ahead and go there with my first bit of, uh, with my first bit of ridiculous right here. Or, or should I save this for Petty Party? What do you think? Uh, I don't know. What would you classify it as? Well, I mean, I guess it's not really... Petty. Because if you
1: if it is, then we'd have to start the party now. You want to start the party not- now?
0: We can start the party now. I'm totally fine No, no, fine with no, that. no, 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 no. We'll wait, we'll wait. Okay. Go ahead with your story. We'll wait on the petty party. Okay, so we won't save this for the petty party. I'll just do it now. So this story is a couple of days old. Uh, apparently, uh, there was a Trump rally, I believe, in Michigan, in which some genius decided to play over the PA at, to warm up the crowd, Play the song Fortunate Son by uh, Creedence Clearwater, Clearwater Revival, a.k.a. CCR. It's a great song, as most of their songs are. But Fortunate Son is... Okay, I'll just read the lyrics. It'll make a little more sense. Some folks are born, made to wave the flag. Ooh, they're red, white, and blue. And when the band plays Hail to the Chief, they point the cannon at you. That's the first verse. The second verse is, some folks are born silver spoon in hand. Lord, don't they help themselves. But when the tax man comes to the door, Lord, the house looks like a rummage sale. And the hook is, it ain't me. It ain't me. I ain't no senator's son. It ain't me. It ain't me. I ain't no fortunate one. Now, in the second chorus, uh, the phrase senator is swapped out for the phrase millionaire. But the whole point is, the song... Is about how some people got to avoid the draft for various and sundry reasons. Generally speaking, if they came from a life of privilege, and were what? able to, uh, yeah, unbelievable, right? <laughs> and but some folks, you know, who weren't necessarily as privileged, whose collars, who didn't come from families where the collars skewed white. They didn't get to, uh, they didn't really get a choice in the matter. They didn't get to dodge the draft. They didn't get much choice. So it's basically a song that says, uh, fuck draft dodgers, which is really ironic to be played at a Trump rally because, well, Trump was a draft dodger like several times over. Like he found several reasons, including but not limited to bone spurs in his heels. He got a doctor to sign off on the, uh, on the idea that since he had bone spurs and i believe it was his right heel uh he was unfit uh right. from a physical uh, health standpoint to serve mm-hmm. at a time where the majority of people were made to serve so for that to be played at a, ra- at, a at a campaign rally for that particular person you know especially when you consider the uh the um the service of the son of his uh, opponent, uh, Joseph Robinette Biden. Um, His kid actually was in the military, chose to join the military. While he was already, like he was, a um, at that point he was already, he'd already gone to law school. I think he was already working as a district attorney, but he said, "Uh, yeah, I'm gonna go do this military thing because I want to serve. And yet, you know, which quote unquote side has the reputation for being real patriotic and stuff. It just, it doesn't make sense, man. It's very fortunate. It's an unfortunate choice of song. It's an unfortunate son was an unfortunate song.
1: Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I I doubt people at Trump rallies are, you know, thinking about irony or (laughs) what the song really means. Um, uh, You know, they just want uh, the rocking guitar and somebody (laughs) kind of... Kind of yelling over
0: it, America. You know? Wait, hey, that's the Forrest Gump song. I love that movie.
1: They're like, that song's about Forrest when he goes to Vietnam. That's what it's about. It's like, yeah, yeah, that's but it. yeah, I mean, yeah, I, I totally get what you're saying. They don't. I don't know. I, I, sorry if you you ask me, I just think they're
0: fucking idiots. That's
1: well, my uncensored uh, opinion.
0: Well, I mean, shocking. The real I mean, yeah, you can say you can talk to the, you can talk about the people in the audience and that's really true. But I'm thinking about the cat the the guy in the DJ booth who made that decision or whoever it was that set up that playlist and said, Oh yeah, Fortunate Son. That that one's really gonna get people going. That's really gonna that's really gonna get people excited. You know, a yeah, song they just well, they
1: doctors. they just want to hear the guitar. They don't want to hear what the song's about. They just want to hear loud guitars. Loud guitars supposedly equals America.
0: Well, yeah, that sounds about right. And I mean, it, it tracks with the way people uh, consume music. I mean, what's it called? Um, you remember Hey Ya, right? Uh, uh yes. La- I mean that's. I mean, it's funny that song was a huge hit. Um, it hasn't really aged well. Like, if you look back on it, it really, more than anything else, seemed like kind of a novelty song, which is weird because, Indeed. I mean, yeah. Andre 3000 is undoubtedly just brilliant. I mean, if you've never... As a matter of fact, okay, yeah. Um, well, we'll get back to that later. But um, So Andre 3000 is un, undoubtedly uh, just lyrically a genius. I'm, from a creative standpoint, he just has great ideas. And, you know, you got to give props to anyone with enough street cred to get away with wearing... A cape made of feather boas, a pair of tighty whiteys, and some combat boots, and nothing else. And not losing his street cred. How does that work? It's, I thought it was impressive. Anyway, that's neither here nor there. Here's the deal. Um, He says at some point in the song, Hey Ya, which is a really depressing-ass song if you really listen to it. It's a song about a breakup. You know, they say nothing lasts forever, but what makes love the exception? Wow. Wow. Oh my god and that's like if you really listen to the lyrics it's like uh, the same thing with fortunate son you know it's like oh this song is yeah hey yeah what a great hook it's like oh i'm gonna play this at a party blah blah blah. and towards the end of the but these depressing ass lyrics and towards the end of the song he actually says y'all don't even hear me y'all just want to dance like so it's it's funny it's kind of a meta moment because even when he was recording the song long before anybody heard it he knew that like it was going to be a situation where people were just going to be busy bobbing their heads and partying or whatever and so they wouldn't even try to uh key in to what the song was really saying you know
1: if sh- only we listened to andre he tried to warn us andre tried to warn us
0: I'll if make-
1: if andre's point was so important mm-hmm. maybe he shouldn't have written a song dripping in irony and satire and and, uh, you
0: know, um, well, it could be argue- cynicism. Well, it could be argued that that doing that is a sign of a true artiste, you know, it's like, um, you know, I'm trying to operate on this higher level and try to get people to get at where I'm at, you know, I mean, honestly speaking, it could be argued that there's not enough people doing that. Like everybody just wants to get <laughs> you to bob yeah. your head and dance and make their money and, you know you know, get themselves a private island, you know, that's all they care about. I mean, how many people out here are, does it really, that's sh- how many people are there in modern popular music that I can't, I'm getting, I'm, I'm getting very get off my lawn right now, but it is what it is. Um, How many people out there right now are really, you know, pushing the envelope and trying to make music that is like cerebral or thoughtful or interesting or, you know everybody's just trying to get get lowest common denominator and there you go
1: uh well you're preaching to the choir there i mean <laughs> i mean there's not I mean, enough tom yorks right uh yeah i mean i i don't i'm not trying to like put radiohead on some pedestal or anything but but yeah i mean uh uh it's it's you can tell when uh music is about uh, mostly attention getting, like when I go, just as an example, like if I go to an someone's Instagram page, and it's and they're like uh, a musician, right, an artist, and which is cool, that's cool, people mm-hmm. pursuing their their uh, their interests, of course. Um, but then most of the pictures on their profile are of them. It's just them, just smiling. them, just me, just just me, the pensive artist posing it's like dude stop taking pictures of yourself make some content okay and uh worry a, little selfies.
0: Less, worry a little less about branding and worry a little more about oh god i hate that i Isn't mean that- <laughs> I,
1: I i understand it's it's necessary to quote unquote brand yourself if especially if you're an artist you know and a business person of course um but uh yeah. I mean don't make it any more painful than it, than it already is. So like, yeah, I don't know. I just um p- oh, that drives me crazy, man. Just come on. Just make some make some music, not not selfies. Just focus. Your,
0: yeah, I mean try to if you're not music, okay. If you're not music centered, then it it begs the question why are you you know. I realized something a couple of years ago. This is like a little personal philosophy thing on you know, how I look at music and the mu- the way, what what space music occupies. Uh, I feel like there's two kinds of performers, two kinds of musicians, only two. And they are as follows. There's people who take the music, and there's people who give themselves to the music. Allow me to elaborate. If you're taking the music, it means you are... Trying to use music as a means to make something happen for yourself or do something or advance your agenda or your brand or whatever. Now, here's the thing that's not necessarily a bad thing. You know, it could be argued that Public Enemy takes the music and they use it to advance an agenda of. Uh, sure. Social You could say that about about any political Sure, uh, group. absolutely. Absolutely. Rage. Rage Against the Machine. That's a perfect example. That's definitely a group that is taking the music and uh, using it for, you know, an outside means. With that said, um, there's a lot of people that are taking the music just to advance their own personal sense of importance. And that's when it gets annoying and stupid. And <laughs> right uh, now, the opposite, the, the the flip side of that is people who give themselves to the music, people who uh, offer themselves to the creative spirit. And I'm I'm, I'm getting kind of esoteric and metaphysical here, but it is what it is. Um, people who offer themselves, whatever
1: hippie, no, <laughs> well, who me?
0: <laughs> um, now they offer themselves as sort of a sacrifice to the creative spirit and sort of just. Like, I remember hearing an interview with Lenny Kravitz where he talked, like, it was, um, this goes back a while. Um, back, probably you were a baby when this interview happened. I'm showing my age here. But Lenny Kravitz was being interviewed by radio legend, urban radio legend, Donnie Simpson, um, whom, for those who don't know, is, uh, was a radio DJ uh, in Washington, D.C., uh, he was one of the most popular DJs of the time. Uh, he was also one of the VJs on BET. He, he had a show called Video Soul, and it is um, like he was—he uh, was kind of a big deal. Like uh, if you were trying to make music in the uh, urban market, you know, you had to go and sort of a uh, kiss the ring uh, of Donnie Simpson. He was basically the uh, the urban Casey Kasem. He was—he uh, was Ryan Seacrest uh for the hood and come to think of it I just remembered this year he is being inducted into the Radio Hall of Fame so it's number one kind of shocking that he wasn't in the Radio Hall of Fame a long ass time ago but uh anyway props big props where credit is due shout out to Donnie Simpson you are the man anyway so Lenny Kravitz is being interviewed by Donnie Simpson and he said so what's your songwriting process and Lenny's like uh God gives me a Lots song and I acid. say thank you no no lenny Lenny did drugs, but he didn't do heavy stuff. I don't think anyway uh he was his answer was uh God gives me a song, and I say thank you right so he just he doesn't even consider himself the writer per se he's just the song just passes through him to manifest he's, itself he's renting the song he's renting the song <laughs> um yes he's he's got the song on on loan. On consignment, um, uh, with talent on loan from God. Is that your Rush Limbaugh? Yeah, yeah. Hey, good It must have been a pretty good Rush Limbaugh because you got it on the first guess. But uh, it, you just need to spray paint your mic gold. No, I didn't. think of that. <laughs> there we go. Golden
1: microphone. Done. The golden oh, and mi- you need neon. Yeah, your like name and a logo in neon on your wall.
0: You know what I I do have an empty space on my wall I think that would be very well served which but. isn't pretentious at all No no not even a tiny little bit Anyway so uh point being like Lenny I I feel like is an, an example of somebody who gives the music uh gives themselves to the music uh I think sure. um um another sort of more modern example of somebody that does that would probably be and I can never remember her actual name but her name is her um well her stage name is her and she's a uh, just a really fantastic singer she sings she plays um she plays she guitar plays. plays bass um she's just she's one of the few artists out right now that really makes me feel like okay yeah there is hope you know there's this is this is somebody who's doing it right this is somebody who has done the work to get good at what they do, and they're just really trying to make... Oh, she's very famous right now for having done the song Best Part uh, with Daniel Caesar, a uh, pretty good R&B singer, and um, it's a big hit. It's one of those. Uh, it's one of those modern cover band classics that you hear me talking about. Don't remember the last time I did a cover band gig. Well, actually, at this point, I actually don't remember the last time I did a cover band gig, but the last time I did one, whenever it was, I'm pretty sure I did the song Best Part because it's become one of those songs that like everybody loves and with good reasons, a fantastic song. Um, and her is just a great artist. You know, she's, she gives herself to the music and that's why uh, I am team her. So shout out to all those people who give themselves to the music. And for those who take the music for themselves, make sure you're doing it for the right reasons. Or for a right reason, you know? Don't just do it because you feel, like, entitled to it.
1: I do it because um, I want to look hot on stage mainly. Oh, is that why you picked up guitar? Uh, well, yeah, you know. <laughs> I, what, what can I say? I just I just want to look good you to do-
0: the opposite sex. Well, who does, at, you know what? If I'm being perfectly honest, I think that was the fact. Yeah, that was... For a lot of people, that's what it was. I just
1: kind of want to, uh, you know, be more like John Mayer. John uh, Mayer? Not Kirk Hammett? (laughs) God bless Kirk Hammett. John (laughs) Mayer is also a nice person at times, I'm sure. Yeah, yeah. every so often. I've been told.
0: Yeah, I mean, you got to catch him on the right day, but. Uh, right. that's, a, he's a really good example. He's a really good, um, sort of case right there. That was cause like for him, he is a really good player and he's the kind of guy that like you would think would be giving himself to the music. And I feel like if you catch him on a good day, um, like he's actually doing that, but there was like a sort of a period in time where he he had a real high, what is the phrase? Q rating and was just all over the media and it seemed like he got the equation a little imbalanced and all he was of a acting sudden acting weird yeah. is
1: what was going on yeah
0: yeah very very strange and a whole bunch of just outside antics that had nothing to do with music or creativity it was just about trying to be famous and trying to be <laughs> yeah it's like dude just stop yeah. stop it yeah i was very no. very happy not that i'm a fan per se but i was very very happy when lady gaga started focusing a little more on music a little less pop, on me. Ma, ma, ma.
1: Yeah, I think we could uh, we could do a good Lady Gaga cover band. <laughs> actually, she.
0: Well, hey, you know they're actually. I mean, it wouldn't be the first time. That, I mean, you would think to yourself, oh, she hasn't been around long enough to uh, to warrant having a cover band. But there are people who have been around for less time that have them. Um. That I've mentioned in previous podcasts, so we're not going back there again. I mean, if anybody ever, if people feel like there's money to be made, you know, actually, you know what would be a dope cover band, a uh, tribute band, I guess I should say. I would love to see. Here we go on Andre Three Thousand again. Uh, oh, uh, Outcast! An Outcast. Uh, that would be. That would be band. good. That could be something. Like, I would like to see uh, somebody do like a really great rendition of Bombs <laughs> Over Baghdad. <laughs> or prototype back, yeah, yeah what a great hook don't pull the bang out unless you plan to bang. Arms over bang who comes up with that that's that dungeon family shit
1: um i i like uh what, what my favorite andre song is
0: prototype i think mine too holy shit like we'll tiptoe to the sun and do things, things i know, know you like, like. that uh, okay. okay people it's funny that's Another example of why did they pick that as the single? Prototype should have been the single for The Love Below. I mean, it ended up being a single, I think, but Hey Y'all was the first single. Not that Hey I Y'all was bad, but Prototype has definitely aged much better than Hey well, Y'all.
1: Well, I think Andre's vision, as forward-thinking as it was, may have been a little muddled uh, in its inception just because it was so new. mm and they didn't really know what to what to push, like what aspect of, of Andre to
0: push. And can, can you imagine being a record exec trying to figure out what to do with uh, with Right. Yeah, in this case it would have been L.A. Reid because he was running their record label at the time. Um, actually, come to think of it, the funny thing is I seem to remember hearing an interview with L.A. Reid where he was like, I didn't think Andre was that weird at all. I was totally down with everything he was doing and his whole visual aesthetic because that wasn't that far off from what i would. um LA but it's Reed,
1: not like it was weird it was just like scattered yeah
0: and it's like how do that's you market not bad. that to a hip-hop audience that's right used to right. see in somebody like if you look at if you look at andre's first album and the first way they presented uh, not andre but outcast in general if you look at how they first presented themselves to the public it was you know it was bubble goose jackets and songs about players balls and then you know fast forward two hours later and it's like at aliens and you know all kinds of spacey shit he my went,
1: relationship with my folks is give and
0: take <laughs> very well impressed. that's like my favorite song i am very impressed by your uh deep dive knowledge there because anyway anyway so point being it's like i i can't imagine just the you know trying to be an executive or whatever and trying to figure out okay how do we even get this to people and get them to understand it like I'd yeah t-
1: what do you do but yeah i mean uh but going back to your point about um giving yourself to the music yeah i totally agree uh i i think it's cool when artists kind of reach out and and do different stuff and just start doing what they like and uh and uh yeah i think it's it's that's a good rule of thumb to let the music kind of take you and and uh that's, that's what I at least try to do. I, I hope that it happens, but yeah, it's it's effective.
0: Well, I can definitely tell by what I'm hearing of your content, like when you put it out. This, It's definitely, this is going to come out wrong, so I apologize in advance, but I can definitely <laughs> tell you're not trying to make money. <laughs> like, I don't mean, money, and I'm not, not trying to say that the stuff you're doing isn't commercially vi- viable. I'm just saying it's not commercially typical.
1: But my next single is just going to be uh, noise, just white noise, just for three minutes.
0: There are people who have done albums of white noise, <laughs> different is, types of white noise. Yeah, but what's going <laughs> to happen is every soundman in the country, when when live music comes back, every soundman in the country is going to use your CDs to uh, to uh, to equalize their rooms. <laughs> Yeah, we've got a little too much uh we got a little too much of uh that uh mid frequency in the left side of the room. You see if we can do something about that?
1: Hey, give me Oh the- yeah, throw on uh <laughs> romantic analog. Put that on. <laughs> Great That's idea. It's just a bunch of noise. That's all it is.
0: Yeah. <laughs> but it's good noise. It's that good noise. So Indeed. speaking of good noise, um got some good news. I got to, last week, play my first gig with other musicians in real time since the last time I played in a room. Actually, this wasn't in a room because it was outdoors. The last time I played music in real time with other musicians uh, was March 15th. I just played my first gig in six months and... Wow, it was... There was no audience there in real time. It was for a streaming concert. Uh, shout out to my sister, Siri Larice and um, and the uh, Urban Arts Farm. I know I said that wrong. Um, let me get the name right. You're uh, like an asshole right now. But anyway, um, so shout out to my sister, Siri Larice who threw a great, great concert for uh, online and was... Uh, kind enough to ask me to participate on base it was really it was really fun had a great time um it was at this uh farm believe it or not in Habra. like it was it was so random cuz it was uh it was just like from the front it just looks like some person's house but then you go in the backyard and their backyard is like huge and extensive and holy shit there's crops back here and chickens. So many chickens. Where did these chickens come from? Am I still in Orange County? But yeah. And so we set up back there. It was a four-piece plus Siri on vocals. It was um it was myself on bass and fantastic, uh, fantastic keyboard player, good friend Daniel Kirkpatrick, uh, on Keys. Uh, you can find him on Instagram at 88 Reasons to Live. Get it 88 Keys, because he's a keyboard player. Um, Drew McGarity, a very good friend of mine, uh, who's a fantastic drummer and an honest to goodness rocket scientist, believe it or not. Um, and on guitar was a fantastic guitar player named Ash Jangda, who I haven't seen in a while, but he's just one of the best players in town. Used to play with Willow Smith when, he, when she toured, uh, played with Bobby Brown for a long time with, uh, with, a. A bunch of his uh solo stuff so uh pretty great little musical quartet we did some um we did some funk we did some soul i had to do a bunch of slap which um generally i don't like i'm the un i'm this unpopular opinion among bass players i fucking hate playing slap it's just just so... do it that's no that's all we want to hear just slap the bass yes yeah, damn you paul rudd <laughs> <laughs> But seriously. Just do, just do the flea thing for oh, us. Oh, good lord. <laughs> there was this That's funny That's what funk is, right? Yeah, obviously. Absolutely. Aeroplane is the funkiest song in the history of modern
1: music.
0: That's the one. But seriously, um yeah, it's just I don't know. People just get the wrong idea about Slap and it's like what's it called? There was this clip There was this funny clip a couple of weeks ago of um the actor Jason Momoa, having been gifted a, um, having been gifted a bass by the Fender company, they just gave him the bass. Like, and so he pulls it out, opens up the case, and the first thing he played was, um, the first thing he played was, um, ah, what's it called? Oh, um... take the, a walk on the wild side. No, boo, no, close boo, guess. Boo. Um, <laughs> no, his, the first song he played was the Chili Peppers version of uh higher ground and you know no disrespect to higher ground or the chili peppers that's the one and admittedly that's a fun song to play you know i went through my uh i went through my phase where i played that once or twice i've done it at several gigs obviously ah okay took me this long i was a
1: little drunk when i played it (laughs) a little so, I wasn't thinking.
0: getting back to um, getting back to what I was saying about series uh series farm, it's called Creative Arts Farm, and it's like an urban gardening and farming initiative that she started. Uh, she's really into the uh, get off the grid movement, and you know, providing you know, using the earth in, in, instead of going to the grocery store to provide for yourself. Um, so it's pretty cool, and she did this concert as a sort of a um as a sort of a benefit fundraiser thing for Creative Arts Farm. It was really fun. Uh, had a, it was hot. It was like 113, 114 degrees. Oh, my God. And we were outdoors, oh, too. No intense. shade. Um, just, I was baking. And the worst, like, it was, I mean, honestly speaking, it was relatively easy to ignore the heat just on the strength of the fact that, number one, I used to work at a, at a steel mill. Like, it's how I worked my way through college. So it would be very, very difficult for me to get in heat that would like really knock me out. That doesn't mean I enjoy, you know, having the sun beat down on me. But so no, that was number one. Number two, it was just so nice to play with other musicians again. You forget, you know, it's just like, it's like, oh, I get to access that part of who I am again. So that was, that was just a real good feeling.
1: Um, I'm sure it must be nice. Um I'm not sure if I miss playing with other people quite so much yet. I do, I do, but I don't miss other aspects of it. So there's aspects of playing by myself that I like a lot, and there's aspects of playing with other people I like a lot.
0: Give me an example of one that you like and one that you don't necessarily like. I'll start with what I don't like, loading my gear in and out. Okay. Can't stand that. Uh, My amp is heavy it's heavy as hell
1: well one that i don't like is working with musicians that um uh, not ahead. that aren't very not that aren't that aren't very good but that just uh in my opinion just have shitty taste and <laughs> just just like all the things that Uh, I don't, or things that just, you know, that everybody in, in that kind of genre just likes and, you know, you're just supposed to like that stuff. So I just kind of, uh, don't like working with conventional musicians a Mm. lot of times. Okay. But, uh, I do like playing with other
0: people, obviously. Uh,
1: I did the jazz thing, but. Of course. But,
0: uh. Now you raise, now the, the obvious follow-up question here is, uh. Give me an example of a musician you enjoy having played with, and you don't have to say me.
1: Um. Okay. Well, uh, just I'll I'll say someone else. But yeah, you are one of them. Uh, oh, for real? I, hey, I, I appreciate yeah. that. I
0: was just joking when I said that,
1: but thanks. I appreciate. No, definitely. That. Um, I'll I'll uh, I'll name drop here a little bit. Please uh, name drop. Shit! Why do you think I started I- this
0: podcast?
1: Yeah right. Um. Uh. Spoiler alert. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> that, that doesn't apply here. Uh. <laughs> I, I like playing with uh this guy. His name's Luigi uh, Salonis, oh, and yeah. he's a drummer. And he's uh just compliments. We just compliment each other pretty well. Uh. I, I'd write riffs, and and he'd write good supporting uh rock parts. Really good uh you know solid rock parts, and it, it was nice to play with. A drummer that's not trying to fusion out
0: everything. <laughs> not everything has to be Steve Gadd.
1: Oh, Lord. Vinny Kaliuta. Like, yeah, don't even.
0: <laughs> so, yeah, uh, uh,
1: that's one aspect that I liked uh, was collaborating with musicians who, uh, obviously, who, you know, just gel yeah. together. Yeah. That's always fun. And it sucks when you're just working with someone and they just won't shut up about John Mayer and... <sighs> and just like all this crap that you know is is good it's fine it's it's, it's not that the music sucks or anything but it's just not my
0: lane and it's just harder to work with people like that I know exactly what you mean so yeah let me let me let me second the shout out to Luigi I uh have played with that gentleman as well and he is truly a fantastic musician he's one of those guys that Definitely. like just always knows exactly what to play um yeah very much so yeah and it's just like, oh, man, this, this motherfucker. And, you know, that's rare in a drummer because, you know, there are so many out there who try to turn everything into a, into an opportunity to uh, chop it up. It can get a little frustrating. Um, let's see. My musician that I uh, enjoy playing with, I haven't had an opportunity to play for him in a while. And he isn't doing as much playing as I'd like him to be doing lately. But there's obviously we've been working together at this point for coming up on. I think we're at 17 years in counting right now. So obviously I've uh, uh, learned a great deal and enjoyed a great deal out of playing with you, my good friend, Dominic. So. Uh,
1: oh, well, thank you. Likewise, my yeah. friend. Yeah. Well,
0: OK. Now that we can now that we've engaged in the mutual uh, admiration society. Um, I just want to give a shout out to Andy Ellsworth, um, who is a great, great player and a very, very, very wonderful human being. He was the guitar player, uh, for Upstart, my old band, uh, for a very long time. Fantastic dude. Just a ridiculous rhythm player. Like he was on that. He was, uh, you, man, if like, he was like the reincarnation of, uh, Steve Cropper from, uh, from, um, from Muscle Shoals, the guy that uh most people remember him from the Blues Brothers because he was in that band. Him and Duck Dunn had a great right. rapport. Uh but Steve Cropper, among other things, like he wrote some of the greatest soul records of all time. Um he wrote Knock on Wood. Um and um I think Midnight Hour too. Um anyway, just a bunch of stuff for Stacks. Uh worked with Sam and Dave. So yeah. Um Shout out to Andy Ellsworth, just a fantastic guitar player that always uh, was very complimentary. Uh, He knew the secret of listening. Now, moving on. Uh, It's time, the new big thing that is catching on all across the nation because everybody has something that they're mad about. Ladies and gentlemen, it's time for the Petty Party. Hey! Dominic! Welcome to the party. What you feeling petty about? I have a list of things
1: here that I want to go through. Um, just uh, just quick little nuggets here. I don't want to spend too much time on them. Uh, just small things. Uh, so my first thing is calling pizza-za. That drives me crazy. Uh, yeah, apparently cool. pizza is, isn't good enough. So two syllables, too much, you know. Got to save time. Drop that down to one syllable. Got to be efficient. (laughs) Uh, Second is this is probably uh, suited for a whole nother day because I could go off all day on this. Is the band Led Zeppelin? Uh-oh. Oh, Oh, yeah. Uh, Moving right along is (laughs) um, people. Yes, I'm getting kind of personal on this one. People or the idea of buying records even though the sound quality is inferior mm. and they are toxic. I, I get it. I get it. If, if there was uh, an EMP blast, <laughs> you'd still have your records, but you'd have no electricity, so that wouldn't really work.
0: Well, um, you know, there's a way to make records work without electricity.
1: Sure, sure. Sure. Uh, Though I get it. I get the idea of physical media mm-hmm. uh, existing if something, God forbid, happened. Um, my next thing is, oh, this one, gaming chairs. They just look like they're for kids. <laughs> and, and I saw a newscaster. uh You know how the newscasters are at home now, right? They make a little studio at, at their home so sure. they don't have – they don't go into work with the pandemic right um i saw this one woman uh in a gaming chair and my first thought was is she in her kids room because <laughs> because the, the chair looks like it's for kids it's like the colors are like it looks like a race car chair bucket seats it's like uh okay <laughs> it's it's for games but yeah sure if you want bucket seats go for it uh, it's just funny to me i think it's funny um <laughs> moving right along <laughs> uh when people say classic, like when they say, oh, man, he, he drank, you know, we did a cake stand last night. It was classic. Okay. If you're out of your 20s, time to retire that word. <laughs> um, next one, uh, people who pull pranks. That drives me crazy. It's dangerous, uh, first of all. Uh people have died uh, being victims of pranks. Um just not a fan, not a fan of pranks, they're not funny, and uh the people who usually do them are dickweeds. Um Yeah. Uh, next one is people who buy crown Vicks. Ooh,
0: fuck those people. Fuck those people. It's I crazy. Ooh and it's oh, so it's nighttime and you're on your way home. You're already tired, right? And Oh, shit. You look in the rear view. Oh, I recognize that headlight configuration. Fuck, I'm about to get pulled over. Shit. Yeah, and
1: it's not cool. not cool, so and especially, slow down. <laughs> Yeah, especially if they have the ones uh, with, you know, the black front panel, right. the white mid panel, and the
0: black rear panel. That looks just like, you know, the 5.0, right? Oh, so you slow right. down, it's... and this person goes by you. And it's not a fucking police car. It's just some asshole said. "Ah, I think I'll buy a Crown Vic. Those are nice. And they still have the spotlight for some reason in the car.
1: Like, why would you need that?
0: I remember one time I was driving. uh, I was I was taking the five up north on my way somewhere, um, in Northern California, and like, I'm like being followed by this what I'm pretty sure is a police car for like 15 minutes, and they finally get around to passing me, and I shit you not, the license plate said. Not five O. Oh. <laughs> I was like, "This mother." <laughs> and it's just like,
1: it's like that's just not funny. Like even from a comedic standpoint, it's just like you just bought that car uh, to just kind of freak people out. And it's like comedy is not really about freaking people out. <laughs> yeah. It's like it's not that's not comedic. So I think you're. I think their taste in comedy is dare I say, a little warped yeah um, okay I have just just two more or two two to three tiny nuggets nugglets
0: <laughs> two to three um, tiny nuggets don't forget to flush anyway yeah.
1: yes um, okay the next one um, it, my next petty gripe is bands like ACDC constantly singing about hell and thinking it's cool <laughs> it's I just don't understand it it's like clearly i that's a, an example of using music as uh to further uh whatever the hell ACDC is um but uh it just it just irritates me that they haven't grown up or uh matured as artists i mean obviously money is a great incentive to not <laughs> mature and grow as an
0: artist right money is a great incentive not to grow and mature as an artist. I think you just stumbled upon some hidden genius, Dominic. I mean, like,
1: if someone's given you cash, I'd be like, oh, yeah, I'll do this exact same thing you want for the rest
0: of my life and not deviate as matter- whatsoever. As a matter of fact, the dumber and more immature you act, the more money I'm going to give you. I think you just stumbled upon the, uh, the Logan Paul business model. Is that the Wolverine man? No, no, that's that uh that's that one internet guy that like <laughs> Oh, okay. You know the one. Now, I will say this, there's one there's one there's one sort of exception to the rule about uh, name checking hell in your song to try to get a rise out of people. I bet you know where I'm going with this. Spinal Hit Tap, me. Hell Hole. That is a great song. Hell Hole. Oh, oh hey, well, hey, yeah, hey, that's hey, a hey, genius hell song. Hole. <laughs> the cool thing about Spinal Tap is you know they actually wrote all of these songs and actually performed them like all three of them they could really play I and mean, they could really play like really well. Okay. Uh and then the last thing
1: is last, the last couple thing. things are Gal Gadot the the actor uh in every movie she's in she just has to be like the coolest person with absolutely zero personality all she does is like act as cool as possible right Uh Uh, she she doesn't react to anything hardly ever Uh, i was just watching fast and furious we were talking about it last week and i just was watching it this week and her character is just terrible and i just realized that in every movie (laughs) she's in she's just like the cool uh you know like action hero which is fine which is fine but uh as an actor i don't know it's just really boring to watch her in anything
0: give me an exa- okay so here's a trick question for you what would you say her best performance was uh, obviously it's Wonder
1: Woman because she's the the main character and and all that. Okay, um, I don't know if you're asking me her best performance. I I don't. Yeah, I, don't I, know.
0: Uh, I dare say, yeah, Wonder Woman's probably the best bet. Here's the thing, though. I mean, if we're talking about, it's funny you should mention Fast and Furious because if we're talking about the chick who plays the same uh just way too cool character in every movie, I mean, Michelle Rodriguez has her beat by a mile.
1: Who's Michelle
0: Rodriguez? Is Letty? Yes, Letty in Fast and Furious. See, I do that. Yeah. In my head canon, her character in the Fast and the Furious is the great, 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 grandmother of her character in Avatar, who is basically the exact same character. You remember the pilot in Avatar, the one who flew the helicopter? Sure, sure. Yeah. Exact same character, and every day. And if you look at that movie Swat she was in with uh, Samuel L. Jackson and Colin Farrell, exact same character, same thing, same vibe. Yeah,
1: it's like okay, uh, props for being you know a badass. Like okay. Gal Gadot could probably beat the hell out of me. Props. Yeah, props. Sure. Uh But uh the acting and the the roles, uh, just I don't know. I, it's like it's like okay you have to to wonder it's like if you met these people in real life would you just not like them just inherently <laughs> you're just like one minute I, you just when you get back to the car right with like your buddy or like you know your girlfriend or whatever and you're just like i didn't like her <laughs> <laughs> and you just have no good reason you have no good reason but you just kind of just got this vibe you're just like I just, eh. I mean, you'd
0: like to think that they're, like, different in real life than they are on screen. But, you know, there are those people that, like, when you see them, you just know that they're the same douchebag in real time. Yeah. Like, like Steven Seagal is probably... Oh, oh my... (laughs) Dude,
1: he transcends douchebag. He's, like, uh, he's been um, convicted of some really bad stuff. Oh, for
0: real? I had no idea.
1: Oh, dude, no joke, man. We could go into that on another episode. But Steven Seagal is... uh, no, no bueno.
0: Well, we'll uh, we'll put a pin in that and circle back around to it
1: later. Okay, okay.
0: <laughs> One more thing I wanted to say. Take your time.
1: Really quick is when uh, news footage will show, like, you know, those 747s drop the fire retardant on the fires, oh. and they do this feature like we're 12. They're like, <laughs> look at Captain Jimmy John and his cool 747 that, and they just do this news feature on yeah. it, like we give a fuck about the specifics, yeah, just, just put, put out the, fire the damn fire. Out. fire up. Please, You're absolutely put right. Put the damn fire out. I don't care about the stupid tanker. You don't have to tell uh, me. I, although I do know It's a DC-10 on loan from Canada. Okay,
0: congratulations. Okay, I
1: got it. <laughs> and also, there's two planes that could be helping out, but guess where
0: they are? Afghanistan. Oh, that's hilarious. Or at least it would be if a whole, like half the state, wasn't burning. Okay, so that was a great. great, list of petty. I gotta say, I'm very, very proud of all of those. Thank you. So here's my question: Which one of those represents a hill that you would die on? In terms of this is the worst thing ever.
1: I'm gonna. Okay, okay. Are you talking about things that kind of start transcending petty into yeah. real grievances? Exactly.
0: I'm going with the. I'm going with the the Crown Vic. Like for mm, me, it's just one. like that makes me want to fight people. It really does.
1: <laughs> okay. Uh, I would have to say the um, it's tied with the people and the ooing and awing over the firefighting gear <laughs> and also with people who just live and die with the records. I understand, No, I understand. I, I, understand. I, I don't want to get, get on them too much because I, I get it
0: you know it's right. it, and it's, they say stuff like it sounds better it's it's warmer it's got a warmer tone to it um yeah it I mean, mean
1: that that's cuz it cuts out frequencies that are there oh 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 get them get them get, it get does. Em. that's that's what it does <laughs> you're
0: no i understand what you're saying it's like you're getting more in the like the low end and you know so you're you're it's missing stuff it's an inferior sound product yeah but you know what you're not going to convince those people they're like the trumps they're like the Trump supporters of audiophilia. Yeah, you can't hear that. <laughs> you can't record them. lovers, <laughs> Fuck you record lovers. All right, um, okay, a couple more things here we wanted to get to. I wanted to talk about uh versus battles real quick. Uh, there is one happening, so we've talked about versus battles before. Uh, there was one with Erica Badu and Jill Scott, and it's just record for record, and who comes out on top, it's like a grudge match between two great artists. Uh, there's one happening tonight, so it will have happened by the time you, the listener, hear this. But um, it's very, very exciting and really, really, I'm really looking forward to it. It's Patti LaBelle versus Gladys Knight. Uh, this is going to be one for the ages because uh, you want to talk about uh, cultural icons. You know, Gladys Knight uh, was the first female artist on Motown to uh, score a, a top ten hit. Um I might be a little off on that step, but I know I'm really close to it. Um, everybody always remembers uh, uh, "Heard It Through the Grapevine" as uh, "Heard It Through the Grapevine" as done by Marvin Gaye. Uh, Gladys is actually came out a year earlier, or at least several months earlier. Point being, Gladys is a very big deal, and Patty, I'm supposed to lean towards favoring because she's from Pennsylvania, like I am, and she's about as legendary as you can get as an artist, she is, well, you know what? I'll just put it like this after Aretha Franklin, Patty's all we got left. You know, Patty is the, one of the old school, original, original super soul divas. She first hit big, um, as a member of the group Label. Uh, she used to sing, she used to sing backup for Mahalia Jackson way back in the day. Um, so, and she had, I mean, Lady Marmalade is just the tip of the iceberg. She was a, was and is a very big deal, and she has her own line of sweet potato pies, which are fantastic. If you've never had a patty pie, you need to have that in your life. Forget the Lady hy-
1: Marmalade,
0: yeah, because Lady Jelly would sound stupid. <laughs> you're not wrong. I I I'm I'm a little mad at the irreverence <laughs> you're expressing, but at the same time, <laughs> no, that's the um. Lady Jelly would be the drag queen version. Right. Right. Anyway, um, so getting excited about that versus battle. And it got me thinking, if I was doing some verse, because most of these tend to be hip-hop and R&B, but I found myself going, okay, if we opened it up a little bit, what versus battles would I want to see? And the first one that jumped into my head was Max Martin versus Diane Warren. Woo! That would be a, a versus battle. If you don't know, now I know we've talked about Max Martin, but for the uninitiated listener, Max Martin um is for all intents and purposes the most prolific pop songwriter of the last 25 years. Every great song by every really significant uh pop artist of the early 2000s was most likely at least co-written by him. He wrote for the Backstreet Boys, he wrote for NSync, he wrote for Celine Dion, he wrote for um Pink he wrote for Britney Spears because you're my lady, or I'm your lady, right? Yeah, that was I'm wasn't, your lady, right? That was him. The song he wrote for Celine Dion was actually That's the Way It Is, that's the way it is. Not, yeah, it's it's a new She's saying that, yeah, that's totally Celine Dion,
1: yeah. Uh, um, you know, that she unhinges her jaw to get certain notes. I I'm not. just kidding.
0: Uh, you, I was <laughs> so convinced, you should have just rolled with it because you had me convinced. <sighs> But like uh, I want it that way. That was him, and I'm pretty sure. Uh, I'm pretty sure. Hit me, baby, one more time was him too. Fun fact about Hit me, baby, one more time: Britney's first single from her first album. It was actually originally written for TLC, and they turned it down. The funny thing: the is, Latin community, right? I know, I know who you mean. I'm so mad at you, right? Now. <laughs> yes, Hit me, baby, one more time was originally <laughs> hit, written for the Latin community. <laughs> Pegarame. Uno más, otra vez. I don't know Spanish that well. At any rate, um, so Max Martin and Diane Warden. Uh Diane Warden is Diane Warren is fucking Diane Warren. She's written like for everyone. Like she right. is a giant of songwriting. Yeah. Um, just one notable. I mean, there's like literally dozens of songs. She also has written for Celine Dion. And I think Barbara Streisand and Aerosmith actually Aerosmith's first ever number one record uh, was a record written by her. It was um uh, don't Aerosmith's wanna... record, yeah. They're, they've only had one Billboard number one, and that was um. It was How, what by did D- Aerosmith write themselves? Oh, um, uh, uh, most of their early stuff was all them. Oh, all right, all but um. They did Don't Want to Miss a Thing for the soundtrack to Armageddon. And that had been written. Not a great song, honestly, but a huge record, a huge record. But if you really listen to the I don't want to close my eyes. I don't. My friend Justin always plays this game with his wife where he goes, is this really a great song or are we just are we just being tricked into thinking it's great? And that's always the example I think of. It's like, "Don't I don't want to close my eyes, I don't want to fall asleep cuz I'd miss you and I don't want to miss a thing." That's not a brilliant lyric. That's that means nothing. Nothing at all. Um anyway, but like just two super monster hit makers. That is a that is a versus battle that I would love to see. The other one, which might be a little more one-sided, is um Quincy Jones versus David Foster. Pretty sure that would be a wash, but I do like David Foster. He, for all intents and purposes, invented the power ballad, and Quincy Jones would probably win just on the strength of
1: Thriller. Um. Oh, yeah. He would just beat everyone just on the strength
0: of Thriller. Yes. Beat it would beat everyone. You see what I did there? Ah, uh, yes. All right. Um, What are you listening to, Dominic?
1: Um, I'm taking it back old school Uh-oh. this week. Uh-oh. Yeah, get ready. Um, is everyone sitting down? Okay. Um, I am listening to a classic by Edie Brickell and the New Bohemians. Oh, and this, shit. Yeah, right? And uh, and this is uh, What I Am.
0: Play that shit. Play that shit.
2: Play that shit. <laughs>
0: excellent choice you want to talk thank about you dope ass guitar riff man dun, da, dun, dun, dun.
1: Woo, that and was... the uh the the wah solo doesn't it just kind of remind you of like you know just like so i married an axe murder singles just seattle san francisco yeah. ish vibe kind of coffee house
0: yeah maybe a little old canyon-ish too
1: only without the harmonies Maybe some pretension,
0: of course. A little bit. Because it's a coffee house. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Eva Cassidy. No no disrespect. Um, No. Anyway. Okay. Excellent choice. Uh, Brief side note, and I'm not saying play this right now, but that song was brilliantly sampled by the group Brand Nubian, uh, the hip-hop group Brand Nubian for a song called Slow Down. So, um, listeners, that's your homework. Go find Slow Down. Go find... What I Am by Eddie Briquel and the New Bohemians, and then go listen to Slow Down by Brand Nubians. It was the second There will single. be a test. Yes. It was the second single from their first album, one for all. Um, now my call for today is um just I'm also gonna take it kind of old school, and this is uh this record was by a super iconic artist that Quiet as Is Kept had a huge influence on so many female artists and so many just creative people. This is an example of somebody who took the music for themselves, but did it in a way that made you glad they did. Um, The name of this song is slave to the rhythm by the one and only iconic grace Jones. And I picked this because there's just so much going on in this record. It's just every sound you hear, like thinking about it as a producer or as a person who loves music, there's just so much going on in everything Every sound you hear is just so well-placed. So this um, is Slave to the Rhythm, Grace Jones. This is what Edith Piaf used to say. Use your faults. Use your defects.
2: Then you're going to be a star. Ladies and gentlemen, Miss Grace Jones, Slave to the Rhythm.
0: Jones just an amazing record. Uh hope you enjoyed that. Uh produced by Nile Rogers which if you listen to that guitar work in there, no surprise at all. Uh Dominic, you got any parting shots? Time for us to raise up out of here. Um just stay safe everybody. Uh
1: stay inside if you can. Uh it's all smoky and nasty outside, so uh thinking uh, think about um you know, donating some trees Uh, some websites offer that Um, you might want to look into it for yourself so you know you're not getting hoodwinked but uh, (laughs) but definitely uh, I don't know I think that would be something uh, useful to look into so just stay safe everyone and um, and yeah and don't go outside uh,
0: if you don't have to All right, I got one parting shot and that is today is the birthday of soul R&B iconic legend Barry White so shout out to Barry White shout out to Baby Making Music in general um, he uh, was born on this date in Texas um, and ended up being one of the most significant figures in modern R&B well, not modern but but in R&B music of the last 50, 60, 70 years so uh, shout out to him and with that I think the train's pulling into the station. So thank you, dear listener, once again for listening to us. Thank you, Dominic, for uh rolling with a brother. And um, we just appreciate your time. Um, This is episode 13. Uh, I hope you enjoyed it as much as we enjoyed recording for you. Episode 14, we are probably going to have a guest, so keep your ears open. And thank you so much once again for listening to the Gig Podcast. We will see you a little further down the road. Barry White wants you to leave all the snakes alone. (laughs) (laughs) It's snake-whacking day. I won't be whacking my snake today. Whoa. All right, y'all. We'll see you next time. Remember all the
2: things you used to say when we were left alone? I'd have a book of sonnets so inspired. All the music. That we were something special to behold But now it's over All over For she came barging through We were proud to make the kind of love As kids, this morning